0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Start a Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io.
1: And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Start a Hustle podcast. I'm your host Lauren Conway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC, and this episode of Start a Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is d- difficult. We know that. FullScale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably, and they have a whole platform ready to help you manage that team and make it as seamless as possible. Visit FullScale.io to learn more. Now, today, friends, we have with us, we're, we're going to be talking about something a little dip- different than what I usually talk about. so I'm very, very interested and very excited to go on a journey with Catherine Mendungu, where she is the founder and CEO of Think RevOps. Uh, we're gonna be talking about all kinds of things and I'm really excited to get started. But first things first, Catherine, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today.
0: No, thank you, Lauren. Really appreciate you inviting me on the show.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, let's go ahead and get cracking. So, the first question that I'm going to ask you, I'm, you know, tell us a little bit about your journey.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, really, I'm, uh, I'm actually Dutch. So, um, started in Holland, moved to the UK uh, many years ago, about fifteen, sixteen years ago, um, and then decided just over what is it now, almost three years ago, after a journey of working in the tax space. In commercial operations to start my own consulting company, so my business, Think RevOps, is a company that really helps specifically about ninety percent um, tech startups and scale ups, and really help them um, implement a revenue operations framework, and which would help them really drive um, revenue, basically.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, of course, revenue is what startup founders live and die by. It's one of the first things that you have to think about. You know, what does your revenue model look like? Um, and so so your job is essentially to find efficiencies and implement process and really help startup founders maximize their revenue potential. Is that is that correct?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, if you look at the history of revenue operations, it's still quite new. There's really been a hype in RevOps, I would say, what, five years? Before that, you had... These siloed departments, right? You had marketing doing their own thing, you had sales, you had customer success. What RevOps does is trying to align and centralize these departments, right? Um, yeah. And we do that through alignment of strategy, data, process, enablement, um, and technology as well. So, and it's really to enable the teams and to have that full funnel accountability that will help them drive revenue
1: yeah well and i can't imagine what a weight off a founder's shoulders that would be to have that kind of support that that think RevOps offers that's incredible uh so tell us how did you how did you get into this work
0: oh wow i mean you don't wake up one day as a kid thinking oh i really want to be in operations um i was kind of thrown into it um Back in university, I wanted to actually do finance and I applied for Microsoft back then for an internship in finance, in the finance department. They flat out rejected me but they called oh, me man. three
1: days later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They flat out rejected me. So I cried for three days. But I do. But I, then just, they... like, I want our listeners at home to know that you just said that and you have this giant smile on your face. You have a beautiful smile, by the way, but you, the fact thank that you dear. can, you, you know, you can talk about that and be so enthusiastic about it. Cause it led you here, right. It led you to where you are, but yeah, continue. <laughs> I just, I love your smile. <laughs> yeah. yeah. thank you. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I can laugh about it
0: because they did call me back three days later or four days it was. And they said, right, we rejected you for that role, but we think your personality would be good for this other role we have available, which was basically my first dip into commercial operations. And actually it was kind of in between operations and sales because I had to sell. I had to sell to, well, I had to do renewals with some of the um Public school, government, uh, sorry, public school and government contracts they had and do some evergreen renewals, which was exciting. I never done sales in my life. I was 21. Yeah. Um, I also had to work closely with the direct sales teams and support them, had to work with the operation center in Dublin. That's how I really had a taste for operation. I thought, actually, they were right. <laughs> it was more me because it was not just, you know, number crunching. It was process. It was working with people. It was... It was just very, a very dynamic role, which just
1: fits me. So yeah. hence, here I am. I mean, it's been, what, 15 years later or so. 15 years later. So think, think on who you were when you started, when you embarked on this career. Do you, mm-hmm. Did you think that you would be where you are now?
0: Um, I always knew that I wanted to have my own business. I always knew that somehow, in some way, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I didn't know it was going to be specific in RevOps, right yeah. okay. I mean like I said I've only I've only started my business 3 years ago and even then when I had started it wasn't a plan yeah that year. <laughs> so, yeah
1: well it I mean honestly like I'm super impressed with Microsoft right now for being able to to see you and I'm assuming that the interview process was fairly um comprehensive, yes. let's say, because that's what those, yeah. those big tech companies love to do. But I mean, really, yeah. they, they didn't know you for very long, comparatively speaking, and they, they were able to come to you and find you a role that just fit you so perfectly, and I love that. Yeah. Super impressive. No, yeah. yeah. Well, tell, tell me this. Yeah. Looking back on your, your early career, for the, the point at which you started from here you are now, do you have any advice that you would give your younger self? Oh, my younger self,
0: um, you know what? As a as a young person, I mean, <laughs> I'm proud of myself in being a person that was really, really determined always. Right, so I was yeah. always determined and very motivated. But just because of the background I come from, so I come from a you know single African woman. Four kids, by the way, four daughters. Oh, Racing bikes. Four herself. daughters. I'm okay. the oldest.
1: <laughs> yeah, you had a lot of, and I'm the eldest <laughs>
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I had to always set an example with my with my sisters. So I've always been that way. But I think what the advice I would give myself if I could go back is just saying, don't worry so much. I guess, don't yeah. worry so much and enjoy a bit more of you know, you know, youth of you know, you know, being young and, you know, okay. have the world to you. I, w- I would have definitely said that to her.
1: Well, I, I, I love that in particular, because often we talk about the fact, you know, founders, we often have, we struggle to, to prioritize ourselves and to take that me time and that self-care time, you know, that I, I feel like sometimes the work will come, uh, you know, just keep doing good work and, but, but also make sure to take time for yourself. So that, That is really, really profound advice for sure. You know, you don't have to completely lose yourself in uh, what you do in order to be a fulfilled and fulfilling founder, right? Absolutely.
0: Although right now I can sometimes use that advice myself.
1: I feel like like we're all better at giving advice than taking it. So I I totally get that. But definitely <laughs> yeah. something to think on for our, our founders at home who are just oh, exhausted. Like, go living. take that nap and go out with yeah. your friends. Yeah. Go grab that coffee. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that is fantastic. Now, I'm, I'm very curious. So, think RevOps. Um, you're a consulting firm, but you're yeah. helping build out SaaS. Revenue operations, and you have, um, you know, data collection components, and you have buyer journey uh, transformation work that you do. I'd like to hear a little bit more about that. So, can you kind of dig into what exactly you think RevOps brings to their customers?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so first of all, um, a lot of the clients that come to me, um, you can probably put them in two main categories, right now. Because they're startups, I mean, some are still scale ups but most of them are startups, um, they're hearing about this bus, rev-ups, rev-ups, we need rev-ups, right? But they don't necessarily know what it is really and how to implement it. So often what they do is because it's an operational head, they will try to do it themselves. (laughs) So, and as you know, startups, they all wear different hats. So they will try to do rev-ups by themselves. Which is great, right? I mean, I say it's still great because that means they're
1: already... You know, before you have traction and customers and money, like it it makes sense. But at the same time, like I'm just kind of giggling over here because I'm thinking, you know, something as complex as what think RevOps offers, you're not going to be able to do that as a solo founder, solopreneur, even if that's not within your wheelhouse, We talk a lot around Startup Hustle about the fact that often you need to bring in experts in order to do what you do really well, focus on what you're best at, and then let other folks come in, take things off your plate, and do them better than you ever could to help optimize your business, right? It's so important. It is, it is. But as you know, most
0: startups will try to do it themselves, right? So you have that group of customers or clients that then realize, you know what, (laughs) We tried it, but maybe we can find an expert out there, right? And then you have um, clients who are, well, who know RevOps actually quite well. Um, They might have an operational team, but usually they they don't have a RevOps leader, right? So someone to really guide the operational team. So um, those are the two types of clients that come to me and how I help them. It is pretty much in a similar way, right? So first of all, you have, you know, what I call a transformational project, right? Uh, Regardless of how small or big the transformation is going to be, so some sort of transformation needs to, we need to undergo, right? So meaning that there is the whole um, thought process around revenue operations is, you know, education enablement and empowerment as well um, in the organization so that everyone really understand what it is and why they should have it or why they should implement it, right? Now, and then after that, we then look at kind of the methodology of, all right, how are we actually going to achieve that? So um, the way I do it with ThinkRevOps, um, it always starts with an assessment. I try to really understand how bad is bad, right? Or how good is good, right? Yeah. So I try to really assess everything. So from data, from their processes, from their tech stack, um, and also people, right? Because people is probably the, the the biggest and important thing, right? Because right. you can't you can't do data, process, and tech without people. So, and often everything wrong with you know what you know in your stack stack or or revops really um, overall is people because people aren't enabled efficiently to be able to do the right things and follow the best practices. So I look across that and I really assess and try to understand across the entire customer journey what's going on, right? You know what's under the hood. And then I right. provide them basically a result, right? So, hey, this is, you know, where I see the friction. This is what you're doing right. But hey, this is where the challenges are. This is where I think you should prioritize or put your big bets on because they're going to make a big difference in the organization, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we start there. And then once we've aligned those priorities, because again, it's, you know, I'm providing the results of the assessment, but it is, it's a collaboration. We're partnering. It's a partnership. So once we come up with okay these are the priorities that's when we kick off with the project and I always and I never never start with tech right and well right. and some companies might do that some people and I, often startups the way they would think about a solution is think we just need new tech we need to just throw tech towards this yeah, problem. Tech, and
1: tech always it. seems to be the solution, and sometimes, sometimes you don't need a new app, friends. Sometimes no, no, you just really need to no. invest in your people and take a closer look at your data and refine what you're already doing. You don't always no. have to throw technology at it, much as we love technology. <laughs> exactly. So most people do that, but I
0: try to. I don't talk about tech because what I talk about first, and which is really, really important to me for businesses is their blueprint. Yeah. What do you want your business to look like? How do you want your business to actually operate? How do you want that customer journey to be? How do you want your customer um, experience to be, right? And that is very important. And we try to really map that out end to end from how they um, attract you know, prospects in the funnel to how they try to retain their customers, right? right. So we really map it out in detail. This could be from... And I mean, I I build an actual blueprint map, first of all, but we also build potential programs because we might revisit their sales process and say, actually, your sales process is not quite aligning with the market you're selling to. Let's change that. Same for their CLM or customer lifecycle engagement model. If that doesn't align with their market, their customer market, then let's change it as well. And we create those programs, right? So we do that blueprint first. And once that blueprint is done and everyone... Signs off, reviews that this is basically how we need to operate our business. That's when we then get into okay, now let's talk about technology, right? right. Because now you can actually intelligently talk about technology because you know exactly what your blueprint needs to be and how that will, well what needs to fit in your tech stack, right? And then you can now analyze and say actually based on what we want, the tech stack we have today is maybe not up to scratch. Or it is, but it was ill-implemented, so we need to, you know, change some stuff. Or we're missing a, a, a very piece of technology today, so we should invest in some new technology, right? So that's what it does for you. And um, once we have that conversation again and we sign up on the technology, this is when we then look at, okay, now let's implement your blueprint into your tech stack, and ThinkRevOps does that as well. So we do the implementation in the tech stack. Um, specifically, um, main CRM is um, Salesforce, really, and then anything that connects to Salesforce, of course, any kind of integration applications, um, and sometimes also HubSpot. With some of the smaller company, who are still running on HubSpot as a CRM. But yeah, then once we've done that, then really the last part of it is right. Let's enable and empower the business because now we made all those changes. Change management, right, is important, making sure that everyone is, you know, understand what has happened, understand how to use the new processes, the technology, but also really driving accountability, right? Because the counter, because often if they have an operations person, it's always, everyone's just pointing fingers to the operations person, but actually every single person in the organization should be accountable for data, for the process, for technology, because you are also
1: users. So, yeah, Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. When you're, you're talking to your customers, what is the feedback that you're hearing as you're implementing these processes and kind of doing these deep dives into, into information? What are your customers telling you? Or are they surprised by the results and by the insights that you bring to the table? Yeah, I mean,
0: I wouldn't say surprised because um, they know those are insights they can surface the yeah. problem is they don't know how to because there's so much misalignment and friction, right, in the customer journey with our tech stack, with the processes. So it's more of a almost like an aha moment. Okay, right. So yeah. we, we had this this data that we could surface, but now we're able to do now we're able to do so. Now we can potentially, you know, have data at our fingertips, which I find very important because and the way ThinkRews really try to drive. Things for organizations, if from insights, right? If from insights, working back, understanding what does a business actually want to measure? Right. Asking the question, how are they actually measuring this today? What are the data points? How are they collecting the data in the entire customer journey? How are they sharing the data? What tools do they have to crunch the data, right? Are they just using CRM for that? Do, you have, do they have BI tools? Right. This is very important. So yes, yeah, so a lot of comp- um, companies or clients that I work with, um, they have that aha moment as, as in, Oh, finally. Right. Because they've been, they had almost had a handicap. Right. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. think about those word reports that they need to do, and it's very hard to actually service information or they were just doing a lot of manual work to get the answers when it yeah. could have been automated. Right. Um, and then outside of the data, it's just about the process friction because if you really think about it, and um, in terms of going back to RevOps driving revenue, um, that's from the operational side, we fixed that. But what it does is, in fact, it tries to improve their impact levers, right? right. And what I mean with mean an impact lever is think about your win rates, think about your conversion rates, right? Think about your sales velocity, right? That's what it should impact, right? We're not just, you know, implementing technology or processes for the sake of it. I mean, one, customer experience, that's also a very good metric to look at. Um, so what's your customer satisfaction rate after that, right? What are your conversion rates and your win rates after that? And that's what we need to try and measure and make sure that we are driving that. And that is why it's important with RevOps that it's not in one-time thing. I implement it and, you know, that's it. It's going to work. No, you have to validate it. You have to test it. You probably also have to change the way you do things maybe every year, especially when you start off, because things are changing all the time. So you want to be agile in that way.
1: For sure. Well, as we all know, we we look to data and we look to the work that organizations, companies like Think RevOps does order to make better decisions and, and that's really what is that's what we need as founders you know often when we're starting companies we don't have a blueprint we don't have a roadmap we're kind of figuring things out as we go and so having that that empiric data uh, can just it, it's transformative for a business so, so thank you for your work I also want to remind our, our friends listening at home that finding software developers and experts doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit FullScale.io. You can build a software team with them quickly and affordably. Use the FullScale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. It is literally that simple. And I actually just went out uh, just this week with a table of folks who were FullScale clients, and we were just talking about how easy and seamless they make the software development process. You can visit FullScale.io. To learn more, now, Catherine, I want to ask you. You know, not uh, not all of the founders listening have a really, really clear idea or picture as to how to maximize the revenue operations. And so, I'm just going to ask you: What are some best practices or tips? other than hiring Think RevOps, which I of course highly recommend for all of the founders yeah. listening and you can definitely check out the show notes folks for information and for links to find out more information. But just for for the folks playing at home, what are some what's some guidance or some tips that you would give them if they want to to essentially do the work that you do. Just Optimize, maximize their revenue. Make sure that all of their departments are talking to each other. All of those things that you do so beautifully. Yeah, sure.
0: So um, I just talked earlier about the impact levers, right? So yeah, that's what they need to try and do. Start there at least. Understand what is currently impacting revenue, right? Um, if they understand, so let's say. Um, you look at your insights, hopefully they have them. <laughs> and yeah. um, and let's say your your MQL to SQL conversion rate is down and which is impacting your revenue, right? Or your win rate is down for, for that matter. Then you try to trace it back and try to really understand, okay, what is happening? If it's win rate, right? Then maybe something is wrong with the sales team, right? It could be the sales process, usually you start there first, try to understand, okay, uh, what's happening with the sales cycle today. Um, if not, it could be on the enablement issue, an enablement issue today with, you know, your, the productivity of your team. Um, so you can start there. Um, but impact levers are the really good way of you to start understanding where in the process is it broken? So this is how you can start to start small, right? Yeah. Now. If you want to really look at things holistically, however, which I do recommend is going back to that blueprint is understanding. First of all, how do things work today? Map them out, map it, exact map out exactly from end to end from your your customer journey today, what happens on the customer side and then reflected on the internal side, what are we doing? Who is involved, right? Yeah. And map it out entirely. And then you will easily identify where the gaps are and then put a plan of attack together. And you don't have to do everything at once. You just try and prioritize the ones that are really killing your revenue today.
1: Yeah. Do you have any success stories that you could share with us? A client that you worked with that was able to, to change the trajectory of their business based on your, your support? Yes, Um,
0: I had one of my clients was last year, to be exact, um, who had specifically an issue around their CPQ. I don't know if you know what that is. That's a quote price configuration. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's uh, so it's basically the process around how you are going to quote right price. Do the yeah. contracting with your customers and how effectively and quickly you're going to do that, right? And that was a bit, that was a bottleneck for the organization. So um, what we did is we had to flip that process on its side entirely and just basically reinvent in terms of you know what was being done. Um, and we mapped out that entire process and we created also governance around it because oh. there was an issue around actually understanding how to operate within um quote to cash process right so um we created governance around it so everyone understood we're enabled we implemented the process and the project was went quite smoothly and the uptake of that project was around a 10% different in terms of the revenue that we're making, but that was only because there was so much manual friction, no zero efficiency. And once we've been able to implement that 10% uptake, which was fabulous.
1: I love that. And again, anytime you're able to bring in an expert to help you do business better, that's just a huge, it's a, it's a huge coup for, for founders, for business owners. And so, you know, thank you for your work. What are some of the challenges that you and think RevOps have, have experienced as you've attempted to, to grow and, and kind of claim your stake in this business?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I've obviously, uh, three years ago I started by myself. I am primarily still a one woman operations, but I work with contractors. Right. Yeah. Um, now my next challenge is actually i'm going to be hiring um full-time people in the organization which is great um but the challenge today is the talent hiring people Yeah,
1: for sure (laughs) it's
0: really hard it's really hard it's it's hard to find the tech talent but also just wrap ups talent and, um, especially here in Europe, it's very scarce, so oh, isn't it? I'm to figure out something, but I am working on something as well around putting a program together to um teach um younger folks about revops because it's really an exciting role actually it's very exciting and it's up and coming and and there's and this role is gonna evolve so much more. I see so much happening with revenue operations, so I think um, young folks just coming out of uni need to pay attention
1: yeah you know as more and more founders wake up to the fact that oh hey you know we might we might need revenue operations we might need to figure this out I hope to see a lot of growth coming out of you but you mentioned that you you were starting a program and so so are you thinking like a mentorship kind of situation or are you offering I, I don't know online courses what are you thinking there
0: Yes. Um. Today, I already offer coaching. Um, okay. And I'm coaching. Um. Actually, women in the space.
1: Oh, that's which is great. And I'm all for empowering women. I don't love this that. <laughs> Surprising, um, absolutely nobody. That makes me very happy. <laughs> yeah. But
0: I am indeed also looking at putting a program together, like a training course modules, um, for folks out there who would be interested in uh, revenue operations and getting into that role.
1: Okay. So if you were interested in a career in revenue operations, what should you study? That's so, um, I studied business myself
0: um, with a minor in technology, but, um, you could have come from any background. That's my experience is that really as long as you can have transferable skills. And often I have to say with RevOps, you need some practical experience, right? Okay. Um, because, for example, you need to have, you know, gone and learned how to do Salesforce if Salesforce is going to be your main tech, right? Or helps yeah. for that matter, and get, it, you know, accredited. Um, outside of that, is you know, just learning business strategies. If you're going to be in the tech industry or SaaS industry, understand what the you know, SaaS model looks like and how it operates. Understanding the customer journey. These are things that you don't necessarily always learn in university and sometimes it just takes you going out there online and read just read a lot get books there's so many books out there about that um so it's just different things and that is why i'm putting the program together because it's not immediately obvious what yeah. you should do so i'm trying to put all those different elements that you can get everywhere into one place
1: yeah well, one of the things that you mentioned, you talked about the fact that you know people are are just kind of coming around to to understanding the importance of revenue operations, and you expect to see an explosion in the field. So, are you are you anticipating a a great kind of sea change moment within the industry? Like, what do you see happening there? Uh, I guess culturally, societally. Uh, for revenue operations? What, what's the future, you know, five, 10 years from now? Yeah, this is a very
0: interesting question. I think there's a lot of, there's different routes, I think, um, for revenue operations currently as a possibility. Um, so, today, I mean, you know about the CRO role, right? Now, the CRO role primarily has always come from, you know, people who had a sales background. But more and more so I see that Revenue operational people could get into a CRO role, right? Yeah. Um, whether or not that I agree with that, that's another <laughs> discussion. <laughs> sure. But I also see different routes to obviously COO could also make sense for sure. I mean, it's still an operational role, but it's you know much larger and looking really wide across the organization. Yeah. Um, but I also see. Something very interesting because I was working on it just uh, recently is the CDO role, so the chief data officer. Okay. Because more, more and more, the revenue operations role, the, the RevOps leader is becoming more a role that really leads with data first, right? Sure. Um, there's that responsibility and governance around data. And um, I'm all about how to use data to monetize the business right so using data monetization monetization basically to drive revenue now the cdo role that is also kind of up and coming today it's kind of doing the same thing and it's more tech on the tech side as well but i think that's a big possibility for rev and i just recently i was doing the data summer school with um uh, Caroline, um, um Caroline Carters and Jackson Peters, they're a consulting firm who do data summer schools to teach people how to be a CDO. And uh we just finished and graduated. Woo. Oh um,
1: congratulations. hiring myself for that wait, 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 wait. let's let's take a moment to celebrate that. I'm gonna give you a little round of applause. Well done. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.
0: But yeah, no, but I think the possibilities are, are great. Um we're revenue operations and I'm super excited. Um, for what's to come.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's it's so interesting hearing your take in particular on the future impact and the 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 direction that the field is is going to be taking. That's really interesting. And I, I think I had start I've started to see that CDO title coming around. I think that you know we we have reached a point in our digital evolution where it's becoming easier and easier to track data, but more importantly, organizations are kind of waking up to the importance of putting resources around that data tracking and making sure that you're you're investing in that. So so as a business owner what are some of the other I guess markers or things that you look out for on behalf of the clients that you represent? What are some of those data points that you should absolutely be So tell me this, Catherine, you know, we've talked about the importance of data and I've started to see that CDO title popping up more and more. And I think that companies are just really, really investing in in data as the future of business, really. I mean, we're in this digital economy what are some other markers or data points that organizations should be, tr- be tracking that they might not be aware of? Are the folks listening at home, what, what can they start to track that might have some positive potential impact on their business?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: well, I won't name a whole
0: list of metrics, um, especially if in the tech industry or a SaaS, um, you, know, you have the regular SaaS metrics, and we talked about a few of those impact levers, um and in fact, um soon on my site I will make um all the SaaS metrics available actually for anyone to download for free. So it's great. That's a but, <laughs> but um what I do think that every organization doesn't think about, I mean, we're talking about data here, and data is so, so important for every business, right? Because right. it will it will help you monetize and you have monetization in different way You have external monetization, but certainly I'm talking here about internal monetization. So how do you use insights to drive revenue? But if you want to do that, then you really need to be measuring the quality of your data. Nobody does that. And that's an important metric that you need to start creating in the organization because it, is, it has such a huge impact. I mean, think about your go-to-market quality as uh, our go-to-market data quality, right?
1: Right. So
0: think about all the um, prospect data where it's missing phone numbers, titles, um, industries, whatever kind of data points you would need to really understand your customers, their persona, the, you know, um, the market really, and so you can understand how to sell to them is so important, but yet... It's, we haven't quite fixed that. So every business has this as a major issue today, but it really goes back to that. There is no data strategy, first of all, in the organization and especially startups. They're not thinking about their strategy at all, unless it's about, has to do with their product that they are offering when it comes to go to market strategy or go to market data strategy, they don't look at that. And that is still very important, right? And then they should assign metrics around that, the data quality. Because it will drive everything else they do. Otherwise, you just fail.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm sure that our founders playing at home appreciate those insights. I have a question to ask you. And it's kind of a silly one. But I always ask folks, um, and in particular, knowing that you're Dutch, can I ask you how many languages you speak? Um, I speak three languages
0: and trying to learn bulgarian at the moment oh, that's, that's delightful any particular reason well my partner is bulgarian his family doesn't speak english
1: gotcha. <laughs> so that, that would do it for sure exactly <laughs> right, you know go you know you go home with them for the holidays and say hey uh that would be a little awkward so uh, what, yeah. how sweet of you to be putting forth that effort that's amazing
0: Uh, I I always
1: ask that because I'm just always really, really curious when I speak to folks um, who potentially speak a lot of languages. All right. All right. So I'm going to get back into it. Sorry. I just distracted myself. All right. So now I'm going to ask you, I want to get a little bit more specific with you uh, and tell us about the future of Catherine and tell us about the future of Think RevOps. You know, we've talked a little bit about the landscape. We've talked about what you do, but what do you see coming down the pipeline for you as a founder and your organization?
0: Yeah, Um, I'm actually, right now I'm working on something that would truly make Think RevOps a platform um, as a partnership to organization and really help them drive RevOps strategy, RevOps framework, if you like, RevOps thought leadership So um, I'm working on something now and it's very exciting and I'm hoping to roll something out by next year. But really for me, the future is that we really become a partner to really make an impact to potentially innovate the revenue operations industry. And that's what I'm really looking forward to.
1: Yeah. Well, that, that sounds pretty incredible. I'm not going to lie. So now I come to my personal favorite part of the show, and I'm going to ask you the human question. And, yes. and friends, I have to tell you that when I was prepping Catherine for this, um, she, she made a face when I told her about the human question. So I feel like you might be a little nervous. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. I could be wrong, but she made a face. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give you one of my fave questions, but it's a pretty easy one. And I'm going to ask you, what are you reading right now? Oh, um, if you tell me data sets and spreadsheets, That's a totally valid answer, but I'm gonna say, hey, I've got some book recommendations for you.
0: Actually, (laughs) I I just started reading something yesterday. It's um, I can never get his name right. And Jeff Learner, Learner. Anyway, it's called Unlock Your Potential. Um, and it's an amazing book so far. Anyway, actually, it's an audible. I'm not reading it. I'm 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 listening (laughs) to it. Um, unlocking your potential. It's for entrepreneurs and founders. I, mean, I, I mean, I recommend anyone to um, pick up this
1: book and read it. Um,
0: it's, it's really, really good.
1: Awesome. Okay. So unlock your potential. Now, here's the real question though. Where can we find you and where can we find Think RevOps? Yeah, sure. Um, well, you can visit our website, thinkrevops.com um,
0: for sure. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. So my name is Catherine Muldulup.
1: All right. Well, well, thank you so much for that. And you know, I'm going to be finding you on LinkedIn. We're we're going to be LinkedIn pals now. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I, I can't thank you enough, Catherine, for taking the time to chat with us, um, share your insights. You have a lot of wisdom uh, stored up in that beautiful brain of yours. So thank you for that, and thank you for for sharing it with us so willingly. Thank you, Lauren. Absolutely. You well, what's up? I really enjoyed this. Oh, I'm so glad. I, I did too. And I, and I learned a lot. I feel like I learned a lot. And I, I those are some of my favorite episodes. Whenever I walk away feeling like, oh, hey, you know, that was a piece of knowledge that I didn't have before. Well, I, so, so again, thank you so much. And we'd also like to say a thank you to our episode sponsors. Uh, thank you so much to FullScale.io. They are a company, they know that finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, and they can certainly help you do that. If you need to create an app, if you need to create a technological tool, FullScale is the one to help you do it. Visit FullScale.io. You can build a software team quickly and affordably. You can use the FullScale platform to define your technical needs and see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit FullScale.io to learn more and check out the information in the show notes. Also want to draw your attention to. Uh, One of our other hosts, I don't know if you all know this, but Andrew Morgans is one of our Startup Hustle hosts. He is an expert in e-commerce. If you are looking to sell a product online, especially if you are looking to leverage Amazon as a sales tool, he's the guy. So definitely give a listen to Andrew's episodes. Uh, He's a a fun guy. I I enjoy chatting with him, but he has a lot of wisdom to share. And I invite you to check out the Andrew Morgans e-commerce episodes of Startup Hustle Friends, we are so grateful that you take the time week after week to chat with us and listen to the stories of founders. And we just hope that you keep on coming back. Thanks so much. And we will catch you on the flip side.